0: It's everything Queensland footy. Good ball football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is there. Northern Exposure.
1: Yes, it is Northern Exposure for another week. We are now three rounds down for the 2023 AFL season. God
0: damn, how good's that production? That sounds professional. Isn't it?
1: Isn't that tight? Isn't that lovely? Can't believe we made that ourselves.
0: Well, (laughs) damn, we've invested some money into this podcast. Haven't
1: we? We actually have. When when I eventually show off the bill to my tax man at the end of the year, he's going to go, I hope you're getting something out of this. I'm like, spiritually, absolutely I am. This is a wonderful release, and we do this twice a week. Uh, So if you ever miss anything, just head to your local podcast app and pick up where you left off. But Jack Fulham, as I'm joined by today, uh, we're celebrating, amazingly, the Gold Coast Suns this weekend, because you know you know what I was about to say. Somehow, incredibly, they got the job done over the Cats. I'd like to not a packed house at Metricon. Fair enough, understandable, but uh, there has not been. I hope you back me on this. There has not been enough recognition for how well this team played yesterday.
0: They beat up the Cats yesterday. Uh, they wanted it more. It was look. Um, I'm not getting mum to buy the name of game DVD for me of that game. Because <laughs> it was atrocious. The first three quarters were atrocious. A lot of turnovers. Very dow, defensive game. But the Suns wanted it more than the Cats. They out-hunted them around the coalface. And yes, the Cats have some key outs. And, you know, they're still... Is anyone going to say premiership hangover? Uh, I, I feel
1: like I, but, I feel like I'm done hearing about it. <laughs>
0: But that, that's an incredible victory for the Suns. And, look, the thing that we have to start with first, the coming out party, the statement game of Jack Lukosius—yeah, where he has gone from being a talented player who does does some nice things to... He has taken a game by the scruff of the neck and won it off his own boot.
1: I've been really trying to get hashtag going. I'm starting to realize it's a very long hashtag and the people on most footy pages around the country are already sick of my shit. So, understandable. But, in the same vein, incredible.
0: Honest, has dated.
1: It has aged a bit, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Even the name. Can you still say Dick Van Dyke? Not sure. Mm. Dicey, dicey. I mean, there's a there's there's a whole theory that they're entirely on acid for the whole film. But that's a, that's a, that's a different story. That's a different podcast. We'll do another time. Back to the Suns and Jack lacosius You're right. That uh, we can we can talk about everything he did for the game, but that goal, that 73.3 meter bomb from the square. I I was I was as if not more impressed by the moment he takes the mark and says, "I'm having a shot." Puts that hand up. I'm going for goal. Straight
0: like he had to he had to
1: convince the umpire. He had to convince the umpire. No, I'm I'm taking my 30. I've got this. And like look, there was still probably, I think, what, five forty eight on the clock at the time. Yeah. The game, there was still only twelve to eighteen points in the game. That is a incredibly risky maneuver. And he's had times where he's down on confidence, but he was just that hot in that moment. Mascot Parlance, like he was heating up. He was hot he said, no, this is mine. I back myself. I've got this. And that was the game there. There was still time to go. But that mentally broke the cats.
0: Oh, it did. And I think this is going to be a tactic that you might see used a little bit more now. Where blokes will get, you know, 55, 60 metres away from goal. Yeah, they probably won't have the distance. But they're going to convince the umpire that they're going to take a shot. Yes, yes. To chew, to chew up 30 seconds. But to also, when you have that, that amount of time, you can get numbers. Forward into your forward line, but also you know work out a blocks blocks with a few people, maybe key someone free, and get them out on the lead and be able to to shuffle it around rather than having you know five or ten seconds and then it basically just has to be a long dump kick to the top of the square. So I think this is going to be a more of a regular thing. And now that Lukoshus has gone and done it from seventy five meters out, who's an umpire to say that is? You know, well, no, you're, you're right. You're
1: you're 100 right because there's the like, you know, there's the payoff there. Uh, yeah, yes. sure, you could diddle the umpire if you want to, but that's uh, that's the risk. You risk completely flooding your forward line. So, yes. I think I think play on, like no, physi- metaphorically play on in that sense. That's 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 and all good.
0: Also, I think that lacocious has set a precedent for everybody else in the league because. It looked like he was taking the piss, but then he's gone and dobbed it from seventy-three meters out. You have to give every player in the AFL the benefit of the doubt from that location. Now, <laughs> it's, as a pre-
1: you know, pre- you pre- know, there are some players who just get, yeah, you are taking the piss. You are absolutely uh, not kicking it from there. But you're right. Un- uh, it, it surprises. It surprises. So, an incredible way to honour David Swallows' two hundredth game. Good. Good start from Th- you. Thank you. Huh? We really struggled with that l- <laughs> last episode. But, yeah, again, uh, the 200 game, completely serviceable in, in his role there. And, yeah, a special moment. Like, lo- looking at the Suns, i uh, will get the players a little bit later, but I, I worry, and listening to Damien Barrett this morning, I-, I worry about the, we've seen this so many times, that, that, that little false dawn. We're not, oh, look, the Suns are not 0-3. They are 1-2. and 2.
0: We saw it a couple of times last year. We saw it in 2021. Uh, remember when they had that fantastic win yep. on a, I think it was a Thursday night down at Marvel Stadium against the Tigers. Oh, I got
1: excited. I remember that? Yeah. We
0: saw it last year when they knocked off the Swans. Um, yeah, even in round two last year when they almost defeated the reigning premiers, Melbourne. It, we've seen these glimpses where you go, Jesus, when they can string it together, they are a very good football side, and they're going to be difficult to beat. But you know, consistency has eluded them so far over the last, you know, two to three years, especially while they've been up under Stewie Juice. So, they, hey, next round is all important for them.
1: Well, they've got the Saints coming up this round who are just on fire at the moment, playing great footy, percentage of 150 after three rounds. You, know, you can't fault what they're doing. Ross the Boss is doing a sensational job there. I don't feel confident. It's going to be down at Marvel, it's going to be a fast deck. Um, they but, sort of gate. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 I'm hoping to see, you know, This will do a lot for the side. This will do so much for the side. But you want to see, do you reckon that everything that happened in that last quarter against Essendon in round two, they're just falling away at the end? Because they showed, where the game was on the line, again, after the Mm -hmm. coach's goal, they fought. They scrapped. It wasn't pretty. It was not pretty at all. But they were not going to lose that game. They were not going to concede scores. Do you think think that is sunk in now?
0: Yeah, it has. And I think the Essendon game was a big wake up call for him because, you know, like Stewie Jew said in his post-match press conference yesterday, that the effort was there. The determination was there in that game against Essendon. They lacked execution and they maybe got a little bit tired at the end. But yeah, we all sat here and going, that's a really bad loss, but they weren't far away. No. And they took the learnings out of that game and applied them yesterday against Geelong and they were... Really good when the game was there to be won, they stood up. Ben King uh, took a didn't he? Point, took a great big mark uh, in the last quarter. Lukosius had some clutch moments, and that midfield. Matty Rao. Let's
1: talk. Uh, about, let's talk about Matty Rao because I, I he think he, a bull, he he was he was a bull, but uh, we, we've seen a ch- since his you know his run of injury, since that breakout first four games he had. You see, his game has has changed a bit, but he. He works so hard for his possessions. He does. He wants the ball. And uh, yesterday, he wanted it more. It's simple footy fundamentals, but he wanted that footy more than any other Geelong player.
0: He did. He went and hunted it. And one of the things that gets overlooked with Matt Rowe's game is he applies pressure. He does the little one percenters, the blocks, the the little the little nudges on the tap ones and he is so vocal around the contest too he for a, a young kid who's what was this year three or four in the afl system for him he is so loud around the contest when love that was love especially that prevalent like in his first year and when we had no crowds at the games during the covert year and you could just hear him like yelling around the contest and he was the loudest voice um along with noah anderson who's, you know, developing leaps and bounds. You know, Tuuk Miller was quiet in the second half yesterday, but, you know, Took really stood up in the first half. They've got a really good midfield. And then you combine it with the big names that they're getting back off halfback now. Will Powell, his first game of the year, did some nice things. Lockie Weller was close to best on ground. He gave him a lot of drive. And just those dashes off half back where he sighed through the middle of the ground and, you know, delivered quite well second as well. Second game
1: back from an ACL, incredible.
0: Second game back, um, Darcy McPherson. They Suns wanted to offload him last year, or the last two seasons they've wanted to offload him. He stayed and he's producing some fantastic football. Um, you know, sort of he's going through the midfield. He's been up forward, playing a, a real utility role. But he was good. And um, Ben Long also had some great moments yesterday.
1: Well, all of a sudden that pick seven and Jack Bowes.
0: Eh. Mm. Eh. It, was, it was nice to see Jack Bowes. Oh yeah on his return to the Gold Coast Suns and 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 not get you know any crowd treatment not that he should have no because it wasn't his decision to leave but sometimes and we have seen that Suns fans and just fans in general around the AFL can be a little bit tone deaf when it comes to booing (laughs) players that used to play for their team so it was nice to see Jack Bowes have his moment and he was by no means Geelong's worst player. Did
1: he do the, um, the the typical sort of um, soccer celebration when you play against your old side? Just no, no celebration. No celebration. Just out of respect. Oh, out of respect. No, he,
0: he, like, he celebrated. He enjoyed the goal, and his teammates got around him as they should, but it, he, he wasn't, you know, double cobering the crowd and <laughs> giving, them, giving them a G up. Uh, mate, before we move on, there is one bloke I want to talk about yesterday. The human cruise-fucking-missile... <sighs> Nick Holman. Oh my God. He, I love him. I love him. He was a dead set kamikaze pilot yesterday. Uh, he was running through contests. He was hunting blokes with the football. He, he was like a velociraptor on a football field. He was incredible.
1: You need, uh, every team needs a maniac. Yeah. They need he, that just loose unit coming out of the back line who wants to, like, in in the best way possible, wants to hurt people, doesn't care if he gets hurt himself. I, I, I've played with a couple was... over the years, and you walk taller knowing that you've got someone just a little bit unhinged down behind you. He,
0: he was Mitch Robinson with rabies oh, yesterday. Robo, Robbo.
1: Robbo's a perfect example of he that. Was,
0: he was off the charts. and Just his attack on the football and then had a really nice moment in the last quarter Ooh. where he, he attacked the footy, picked it up, Managed to turn his opponent the wrong way and then deliver to Jack Lukosius in the square, and that pretty much iced the game. That was the pivotal moment; the game was done there. And Nick Holman, take a bow! Great effort yesterday.
1: Delicious, love to see it. Well, as we said, the Suns playing the Saints coming up. Uh, look, uh, the, and the Saints were uh, the Saints were very good against Essendon um, on, on, Saturday, on Saturday night. They, were, they, 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 but, they, they they let slip. Essendon Essendon gave them everything, but. I watched them go to another level when they were challenged, which was—it was really impressive to see. It hurt me as an Aston fan, but they—they um, they were challenged, and they—they they settled, and then they rose. And I don't know uh, to watch Higgins and Butler you know, combine for that many goals together—it's very <laughs> exciting. It's something, it's something like something very wholesome about the Saints. in you know, the whole lead up to like the 150th of the week, even I was starting to get goosebumps. I'm like, ah, oh. in the nicest way possible. What a crap club. But yeah. good on them and all their supporters. And we know, we know plenty of Saints fans. Well done for sticking through. You I like the Tigers before you won your three in a row for three They're and four just, years. Uh, you go, you know what you care about this. Good on you. You stick through.
0: And you know what if when they make a grand final next, I will be rooting for the Saints. I did. Even if it's against my team, I just want to see them. I just <laughs> want to see I know we as you said, we know a lot of Saints fans. Yeah. I just want to see them enjoy some happiness because uh, I don't think you could meet more optimistic people than Saints fans. Oh, right. Uh, one premiership in 150 years and they stick by a club.
1: Ridiculous. Like, really think about that. That is ridiculous.
0: It is. It's, they're probably one of the most, well, probably one of the least successful clubs in professional sport anywhere in the globe. Yeah. Uh, there, there was an amazing stat that I heard during that broadcast, where uh, Joel Selwood has played more finals games than the St Kilda Football Club in 150 years of football. No, and Joel Selwood, who what had a what 16, 17 yep. year career, played more finals than St Kilda. It's just, it just blows your bloody mind, doesn't it's
1: it? Pain. They went. They went through pain. I will say, going through like looking at all the former players out in the field, I just have one question. Why did Tony Lockett look like he wanted to kill all Muggleborns?
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, we do Harry Potter. We do Harry Potter references. Where yeah, we do? Hell.
1: Absolutely. Do. It. Yep. Footy yeah. fandom and nerdom, They 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 do intersex, sex, but <laughs> but
0: that but, is all I saw on social media. Was, <laughs> what happened to Tony Lockett? Um, yeah, Tony Lockett realised that he doesn't have to carry around too much muscle anymore. And yep. Um, probably lives a long way from his local McDonald's. Nah. He's, a, he's a country person.
1: He just he, dis- he just disappears into the bush. Stories yeah. of him just disappearing for years at a time.
0: And uh, I love him, that. it. I love the
1: story. Though. I love the recluse. Mm. The recluse but former he- champion.
0: Did you see that video of the Saints players going down the race at the end of their warm-up and Plugger was standing inside of the race giving each of them a high-five? Oh, are you kidding. No, no, I didn't see star. that the star-struckness on the Saints players. And it's like half the Saints players wouldn't have... They wouldn't have known him. No, of course they wouldn't. ...to see Tony Lockett play. But it is that... Yeah, he's in the similar vein to Gary Ablett Sr., where it's, he appears publicly so little... So
1: rarely, yeah.
0: So rarely that you... He's almost mythical. Do
1: you reckon Dusty will be like that?
0: Dusty will 100% yeah. be like that. Yeah. He will, he will appear at one function every 25 <laughs> years. And... People will bow down and go, Oh my god, Dusty's here.
1: Do you reckon that'll make it do you reckon that's the secret to making us better fourth grade footballers is just keeping a much lower public profile. As I don't know if we can sink lower than what this podcast currently is, but do we Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. From now on, after this, no media except for podcasts twice a week.
0: I'm changing my name. I'm jumping on a container ship straight away. We're going to live in the Philippines. <laughs> don't tell it.
1: Don't tell us where you're going, unless. Anyway, we should probably <laughs> let's get right back to bags of football. I I think it's more that we're just trying to avoid talking about what happened to the Brisbane Lions on Thursday night. And I meant I I meant to say this last week, so I know it holds no merit whatsoever, and I can't just claim it because I thought of it back then. I didn't voice this on the podcast, but a part of me meant to say last week, and I'm really bummed that I didn't. I'm really just scrambling here. I was gonna, my biggest concern was J- Jamara Yugal hayden was going to have a blinder. Yeah. That was... That, I, I meant to say it like, like on Thursday, and I didn't, and it's kicking myself, but that was my worry, that he was going to have a blinder. And he did. Now, I know yeah. it's not the only reason that the Lions lost, but, yeah.
0: He was very good.
1: He was great. He was great. He was- and he, he caused the the dog I found the dog's delivery inside fifty really interesting because it was almost unconventional. They kind of kind of like how the lions played the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. almost out to the man, creating space over the back, not to a direct, not always to a direct hit up target. I know four of them came from free kicks, and I mean you can and can't do much about that. But yeah, uh, there was a couple, there was or a couple times where I noticed that the kick even would have been sort of a, a top spinning banana over the top, and it would drop short. Meaning rewarding yep. the man in front. So uh, the, the the backs the back line for the Lions is a problem, Jack.
0: It is. It is. Um look, it was another bludger of a game. It was on on Thursday night. It, yeah. Not gonna make any end of season highlight reels. Harris Andrews was fantastic interceptor. Wasn't mark-wise. he? Yeah. Jeez, we missed Dan Rich. We really did because the ball movement, especially out of the defensive fifty, was Anemic. It was so slow. It was plodding. Um, yeah, the midfield: Lockie Neal, Josh Dunkley. They tried hard. They battled against a pretty good dogs midfield, but the way that they moved the football and just the the such hesitancy to take risks through the middle of the ground and to even play on and and get overlap run. It was just. It was so conservative, and, it, they basically almost you know through. Their ball movement and lack of adventure kicked themselves out of the game. Yeah, I, um, uh, there's this
1: great uh, piece of footage and like touching the Bulldogs midfield. Great piece of footage of the effort that Jason Johannesson went to to get uh, the footy back off half back and then re pick it up again opposite half forward flank. Yeah, that wasn't there from the Lions. Yeah, yeah. You know, are you know, talking about that? The, the lack of effort showed. No, they just they were off against Port Adelaide. It just looked like that as well. Like they're either on or they're not.
0: It was – I would say that the Brisbane Lions were very similar to my school report cards, just doing enough to get by. And that's what they looked like they were doing on Thursday night. They didn't want to expend any – a single ounce of energy more than they had to do to get the desired result. And I think if you're going into AFL games with that mindset, then it's probably going to backfire from time to time. What did your, te- oh,
1: sorry, I just, I just remind me. what did your, one of your teachers once refer to you as?
0: <laughs> many, many things. I think many the term
1: they told me was academic terrorist.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, look, class clown. Um, I, I tend well, I told in a parent teacher night when my parents came with my dad sitting there.
1: God, they were nerve wracking yeah. things, weren't they?
0: I was an academic terrorist and I went out of my way to make sure other kids didn't learn. (laughs) It's like a black hole of knowledge. Yeah.
1: Well you're educating you're educating the masses now in this podcast, so that's okay. That's okay. So look at me
0: now, Mr. (laughs) Bernadakis. Look at me now. I'm on a podcast with (laughs) ten listens. Up yours, (laughs) Bernie.
1: That's twenty, and you know it. Um, so I can't believe it's already rolled around. These are Thursday clashes; only three days away. Again, thank you for Thursday night forty. I hmm. oh, I don't come into this with confidence. Collingwood, Collingwood are the best team to watch right now. They are just they are fun. They are, they are fun to watch.
0: The way that they move the football and run in numbers, uh, they are a black and white tsunami. Yeah, the Collingwood Footy Club, and they they are so fun to watch. They're they're entertaining and they're likable. Craig McRae, triple Brisbane Premiership player, he is so likable. Justin Lepage is you know like they just look like they are a team having fun. They are young blokes that are all playing for each other, and it's it's enjoyable. It's um you know can we like Collingwood? Well, I, I, I think like we them. can. I think we can because they're not.
1: They're not what they once used to be. There's, uh, yeah. I only learned about this other week. There's a story of a Greek ship that was rebuilt and built, and then you ask, is it the same ship? It may be built from the same thing, but if it misses all the pieces, is it the, still the same, the Athenius or something like that? Not the point. Collingwood are not who they used to be. They're, they're, there's not, no one left of that era. We, we grew up in the era of Buckley and the Rat Pack and Eddie McGuire. Now, none of them are there.
0: No it's they, a, the, it's, a, it's the same
1: name it's the same colors it's a it's a it's a brand new club mm. and, and yeah and i I find myself now liking some of the things I used to hate even the Collingwood chant which I used to just you know, t- tingle my spine now gets me for all all the
0: right reasons you enjoy it and I for one I love teams that play attacking football of course because I, I think it's easy to have a defensive mindset. It's easy, it's, it's, easy, it's
1: easy to retain possession. You can just retain possession. You play keeping yourself. To it's
0: off. retain possession and to flood numbers back and to prevent rather than try and create. And Collingwood aren't trying to prevent anything. They are just going at 100 miles an hour. They are attacking. They play through the corridor. And I think there's... And they do have a great back six. They defend very well. But there's almost this mindset of, yeah, you know, okay, guys, you can kick 100. We'll kick 130. Yeah. And, and, they're, and, okay, they're, and gonna, they're okay with that. Yeah. That they're going to back themselves to do it. And God, it's so much fun to watch. I really enjoy it. And it's, I think it's it's really having an impact on, you know, they're, they are coming up against teams where they're saying, you know, teams are saying we have to play this game to beat them. We have to beat them at their own game because if we sit back and try and defend flood numbers back, like you saw Port try and do when they came up against them, you just end up getting whacked.
1: You do. That- yeah, because, yeah, because as soon as that line gets unsettled, it gets broken. Yep. Because it's, it's almost, yeah. you look at some of the movement, the hand passes out the front of the contest, over the top, right, you know, taking the man on along the boundary. It's going to break any zone. It's going to defy any structure because there's that there's an element of chaos to it but everyone knows that if you just keep moving forward you will meet with the ball at some point and that momentum is the tsunami as you said you can't stop it you you, they, you, you 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 the only way to
0: stop something like that is running at it as hard the other way and there's a there's a term in boxing or is like owning the center of the ring collingwood own the center of the ground they always look to go through the corridor and they and they also defend the corridor so well and they own that, that middle third of the ground, which is we all know it's the quickest way home on a football field and they are dominating it. It's their territory. And you saw Richmond on Friday night and, you know, props to the Tigers. They had a real crack, but they decided to try and beat them around the outside and, Collingwood and up straight through the middle. And then you had these bikes like Nick Dacos that just hit ridiculous kicks into the middle of the ground where you go, you can't defend against that.
1: It's a, The, the yeah. sheer vision and awareness is incredible.
0: Yep. And also the, it's the vision, the awareness, but also the the tactical now that this is something that hasn't happened overnight. This has been a concerted effort over an entire preseason, yep. that this is the way we're going to play. And okay, Nick Dacos is a great kick of the football, but there still needs to be a bloke with the awareness to be where he needs to be in the middle of the ground. And they are every time. And there's not just one of them. There's three or four of them.
1: Yep. Now, it's knowing what's going to happen before it even happens. But it's, uh, but also, uh, there's a belief in that team too. That you, you've, you've got to be able to back your teammate and say, I know if Nick Dacos picks the ball up in the halfback flank, I need to be halfway between the center circle and the center half forward line because he's going to get it to me. I yep. I believe that if I'm in the right spot right here, he will get it to me. Absolutely. So and it's it's great to watch. It's great to watch. And I just with the lines, I I just don't know at the moment. Sometimes no, some, sometimes we go fast. Sometimes we try to bring it around the outside. Like we're a very good front front clearance team, but when the pressure's put on us, I remember we we got really frustrated watching the footage of us last year, especially in defence. I think it was a game over at Optus um, Stadium. Yep. Where Fremantle were just getting the ball out the back time and time again, and they they weren't doing much about it. And I just don't think much has changed.
0: No, it goes back to what I was talking about before. They're just they're so conservative with the way that they move the footy, hmm. and it, it, it was hard. It was a hard watch on Thursday night because you it know was. this team is so capable of moving the ball quickly, taking risks, and there's some very good ball users in that lion side, and. And that thing where you'd much rather see Kitty Coleman, instead of just heaving a big dump kick down the line, try and bite off more more than he can chew through the middle of the ground and, hey, if it doesn't come off, it doesn't come off. But at least you tried to make something happen. Hmm. Do you think...
1: No, you notice that Rich... It's clear when Rich isn't out there. Uh, Does Rich act as too much of a foil for Kitty Coleman? Does Kitty only shine when Dan Rich is there to help him
0: out? I think it's hard to say. Kitty's still a young player. Oh, of course he, he is. In the uh, I think having Dan Rich out there, and Dan Rich takes, you know, most of the time he attracts a defensive forward to, you know, shepherd him around and uh, follow him around the football field. But also he hits those kicks and sets up so much play and that when he touches the ball 25 times, you can, you know, almost have a guess that, you know, at least 10 of those possessions are going to be kicks over 30 or 40 meters and they're going to be kicks into the middle of the ground that yeah. break a line and they're, they're very hard to defend against, but also, you know, Dan Rich, he's, he's got confidence in spade falls. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's just a little something that um, the kid is lacking. So head of this game against Collingwood, I'd love to see Chris Fagan, just take the shackles off them and just say, play fast attacking football. And, we've seen during the week uh, the lines forwards and granted they weren't, they weren't great on Thursday night. Like Joe had a shocker and Eric Hipwood Yeah. Was, was that, was,
1: was that, is that like entirely the fault of the forwards or is there, is there is, is some, is this, yeah, is the poor delivery is, You know, a tall forward line like that has to work on the basis of a seriously well-learned, well-regimented structure. And if that breaks down in the phase before them, then yeah, they're going to be rendered pretty, pretty useless down there. So I I think it's, I think it's too much, I think it's too harsh a criticism coming for them. It's just very noticeable when both of them have a quiet game.
0: Yeah, it, it was. And there's been a lot of calls for Eric to be dropped, which I think is a little bit harsh. Um, I think unless we forget how good his final series was last year. And on. he's got all the talents and there were a lot of, we saw Kane Corns come out in the media and say, you know, Eric Hipwood on a seven year contract is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, the club should have their heads read for signing him on for that long.
1: But that's also oh. Kane Corns' job.
0: That is, yeah. <laughs> he's a sensationalist. Yeah, yeah. Um, it pays his bills. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was a little harsh, um, you know, Jury's out, but you know, whether Eric Cookwood can play good long-term football isn't going to be decided in one game. It's going to be course decided over the rest of the season. And, and I back him to... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, especially his midfield, start looking for him a fair bit more. He comes out and kicks three or four this, this weekend and Agreed. has a great time and silences a few people. I'll
1: tell you what, If he kicks, if he kicks one in the first term, he's going to kick four for the match. That's my prediction. Yeah. My prediction. Hey. We'll, we'll revisit this on Thursday, but that's my that's my prediction. We come, Terry Hipwood, the greatest confidence player I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it is actually interesting. Um, there's something that we used to talk about uh, on Triple M, like during the coverage a lot. How often that if he is held goalless in the first quarter, he goes on to have a, a poor match, and if he kicks an early goal, yeah, he's uh and Charlie Cameron's very similar, hmm. very very similar. Which um, you know, just real real confidence players.
1: Well, yeah, I, I look, and sometimes on this podcast we will defer to our own football knowledge, and just remember we don't play at the highest level, Jack. We we play oh, we Division Four Friday nights in Brisbane. Uh, it's not the big show, but at the same time, you know, you know what it's like to play down forward, and you know that moment where you've kicked one early in the game, and something just changes, something in yeah. your mindset just changes. You go, either feels I've, it feels good, I've got one out of the way, or I'm dangerous. there's. In- and especially as a forward, when there's an expect, expectation on you, something in your mindset just changes, and I reckon th- th- that feeling would have to pulse through someone like Eric Hipwood.
0: I also think that it changes the feeling amongst your midfielders and people delivering the ball to you as well. Well, you emanate confidence. You emanate confidence, especially you burn a bloke on the lead and you get free, take a nice uncontested mark, or even you take a big, you know, one on one, you get rid of your opponent, take a big contested mark. Blokes want to kick you the football more often. Okay, cool. you done it once. You can do it again.
1: Well, of course they do. And that's why I go back. Jack Lacocious would not have kicked that 73-meter bomb had he not kicked four before that.
0: But, you know, it goes the other way as well, where, you know, you might have a good defender. And there are, I reckon there's probably more good key defenders than there is good key forwards in the AFL. The I
1: reckon. No, I reckon you're spot on there.
0: Like, like Darcy Gardner, Darcy Moore, or even Darcy Gardner, beat you a couple times. You know, ball goes over the head, takes a few marks intercept marks on you, blokes then get hesitant about kicking that forward, the footy again. Of course they do. I've been the same, I've been the same way. I haven't wanted to kick, kick it to someone that is, you know, struggling to take a grab or not having the best game. Well, you're there in that moment.
1: You're, you're doing the odds in your head as you're trying to deliver down there. Is that my, it's simple. Is that my best option? And if, yeah, the defender's got the wood over them, then you're going, probably not. Then that, that flows on. They're not receiving kick the footy. They're getting more down on themselves.
0: So it'd be great to see Eric Hibwood get a nice early snag. The whole team go and get around him, and th- that could really set the tone for the night ahead.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. I'll be another pack start. It's a it's a big week for Energex this week. Huge, huge week, week. Huge, <laughs> week. Really huge week, really <laughs>
0: under the pump Energex. We couldn't possibly have two blowers. Yeah, <laughs> you, you couldn't. The, but and could there's we? Been nothing on at the Gabba. Since that fateful night, they, they
1: did a um, they, they they did a they did a test like um, a couple of weeks not Ooh. yeah, a couple of days afterwards. They just in the middle of the night because I can see the lights from where I live, and I think
0: do you have line of sight from your place? I don't know. No, I'm no. I, skewed by the former Boggo Road jail.
1: No, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. But yeah, just up up the top of my hill. Yeah, I've got a direct line of sight and the gabba lights. And yeah, I was like, there's nothing on here. But they were doing they were doing a full test. I did A quick investigation. They were testing those things out. So uh, uh, they're, they're, I, hope yeah. feel, I hope they're feeling confident.
0: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I Look, one blowout was, it was nice. It was kind of fun. It was a quirky moment. But if it happens twice. Uh, it's, well, it's, that's the thing. There's a, there's a couple of issues before that. So yeah, it's now a pattern. But uh, at the same time, the lines do seem to play well during the daytime. They and do. Especially up they? here. Especially up here with the where it's usually sunny and dry, especially during winter with the red ball and it pings around. They seem to have a good track record playing day games. So, blows again. AFL schedules them more day games, especially during winter. Don't think it'd be a bad thing for the Lions. Well, I don't Obviously, we not time, but it's going to help them win more. Before we go. Yes. There's just one bloke that I want to bring up who has kind of flown under the radar with a slow start to the year. And that is Zach Bailey. Oh, I, was Kwan- I was
1: going to say Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to
0: say Bernie Vegas. I
1: haven't seen much of him.
0: Yeah, Well, the lights did go out, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah so uh, yeah, you are right. Uh, uh, Bailey operates in this very mercurial space where you don't expect to see him in your top six best players every week, but it's his ten like a, like a Cyril Rioli, like his ten to twelve touches are so damaging. But that X factor, for lack of a no, better term, uh, you're right, it has been lacking. Well, what are you seeing from him so far this year? He,
0: he, he kicked two against Port, he kicked two against the Ds, but he I just and it maybe it's teams paying him extra attention. I, I don't know what the what the issue is, but it just seems like he hasn't been as prolific in the first few rounds this year.
1: The competition and was sleeping on him, like without a doubt, for a couple of years. Like pe- people were not, we and we were all we seeing his praises the last couple of years, but no one was understanding how talented this bloke is.
0: And maybe we've just got so used to seeing him bob up and kick kick clutch goals in clutch moments. Yeah. So maybe that's on us. But I, I'll, I I'll blame us. That's
1: our media influence, Jack. That is a hundred percent on us.
0: Hundred percent. We we may kill pop. But I would like to see him have some improved form. Special shout out to the Lions VFL side. How how
1: far did they come back from? I saw, I quickly checked the score and I'm like, oh, this this isn't looking good. All of a sudden, next Instagram post, they've won. What the hell happened?
0: Uh, Down by over 30 points uh, late into the third quarter. Um, they kicked seven of the last nine goals to get over the line against the Doggies. So, huge effort on the road in the VFL. I, they're 2-0. They're, two, they're, two they're the only line yeah. side that's undefeated this year. So
1: And we and that means, as bandwagoners, we are on them. Can I just say, I love the bizarre fixturing of the VFL.
0: Yeah, it's, it is weird, isn't <laughs> just, it? It's, oh, by the way, you're playing, at, you're
1: playing at 4 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Why? Just because.
0: Yeah, and then, uh, hey, congratulations. You're playing at 8 a.m. at Casey Fields. Yeah. Right, on there a Sunday. N- there was no consistency to it whatsoever. We playing, playing under nines hours. <laughs> oh, are, we gonna,
1: are, are we going to put you in little wristbands and bibs and this week you stay in your zones?
0: Imagine, imagine being a, you know, Port Melbourne footballer that's maybe gone out and had a big Saturday night and going, oh, what time's the game today, mate? it be, what, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock? Oh, no, you're playing at 8.05, mate. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Do, you, do
1: you remember playing 805 games in juniors? Cold, yeah, it was cold Can- bloody like Can- Melbourne morning. Yeah. I, I, I've I, still got this memory of Canterbury Cobra's under 12s. It was the first year that we didn't have. I found my old ballot bomber's woolen jumper the other night, which is great. I, I showed it to my I'm like, yeah, in Northern New South Wales, I played in this, in the wool. But our first year of under 12s, they took away. Um, they took away the the woolen jumpers, the long sleeves, and they put us in the like the the polyester ones with the short sleeves. And we're up, we're winning my long way. I was playing out at fullback, and I just remember going, oh, they wouldn't let me go to the bench because that's where they had the tracksuits. I mean, those big Victorian puffy tracksuits. Couldn't go to the bench. So me and the full forward were up by 100 points. We've like these two little 11 year olds are just huddled together to keep warm. We've just penguin together to keep warm. The 805 game is hell.
0: So well done to well done to the Brisbane Lions VFL side. And well done to the Gold Coast Suns of AFL side, who absolutely pumped Geelong. Derp!
1: They got derp! 28-14,
0: 182 to 11-975, 107-point belting. Cop that, Geelong. Jeez. Get a big dog up here. Jeez, that's,
1: uh, that's a question. Do, do, footy players, do footy players have beers after the game? Have you seen AFL players have a beer after the game? I know league's what? union players, I know, I know they do it. I know like Maxi Gorn's probably one for it, but
0: it's, y- it's you really reason. see I it. it. I know that it happens, but it never happens in the rooms. It's
1: yeah, okay. So, um, so, so, so it's out of it's, it's out of the public eye. remember that time that no Tex Walker had a beer at a local game yeah. and they they zoned they zoned in on him. I, I ask, I I only ask
0: Sorry? in six or seven years of of going down to rooms post game. I've never seen one AFL player have a beer. Um, and like, I know it happens after finals and, and big games, but I've never seen it personally. Um, I know that they do like to go off site and have a beer or go behind closed doors. And that's when they have a beer NRL. It's out in plain sight. I know
1: it's, yeah, it's everywhere. It's like there's equal portions like for the amount of liquid on the floor post-game, the power rate to AFL ratio to like 4X, <laughs> 4X gold on the floor of the Broncos rooms. It's about one to one It's incredible. The reason I asked Jack is because when I was working at the Reds um, on Saturday night, I want the Super Rugby women had played beforehand and both the Reds and the Force had come into the corporate area afterwards and they've sat down and they're seeing both teams sitting together watching uh, the Crusaders take on the Reds, having a beer, having a good time, and I, I, I asked because imagine that your son's, your son's VFL side and you've just pumped the cats on your home deck, 182 to whatever. And then it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Wouldn't it be nice just to sit at Carrara and watch your ones get the job done? Just like at local footy days, sit on the hill, have a beer and ride your side home. And they don't get to do that. And I just, sometimes I just think, you know what? Just let them have one. Let yeah. them have one. It's on them. They can they can choose if they choose to they should be able to. They're doing it like at their own risk. If they know their own recovery, what? I don't know that much about recovery, but I think one beer after the game is not going to kill you. Yeah, it's not going to no, do that uh, much damage.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think about that, and I, and it's kind of when you see like Super Rugby and you see NRL rooms, and you think that's oh, it feels like a real throwback, where they run in and they sing the team songs and. Most of My. them have got a, a forex in their hand while they're slapping out the team song. Oh, and that's... The it, slapping the it,
1: slapping of the bin I'll never understand, but...
0: They love slapping things. Oh, they love slapping a bin. Like, so like, bin where slap, we slap. Where do we, we have this huge cultural disconnect between two sports where AFL, you come in, you sing the team song, you, you're you arm in arm with your mate. Yeah. NRL players, they, they've been ready for COVID for a century because Gosh. they stand you know about yeah. 1.5 meters apart everyone has some sort of object near them that they like to give a slap and a bang 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 like uh, where did it come from
1: haven't where you guys was? hit each other enough throughout the game how do they still have the desire for more kinetic energy in their in their lives after the 80 minutes of, if i see anyone slapping a bin after the
0: game then I, you haven't given enough on the field it's that simple <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the funny things from the uh, round of nrl that came out is and I will, I will send you this audio. It's. I love how much,
1: N- much N- I love how much NRL has made its way into this podcast now that we've N- gone N- independent. Tell the
0: NRL people. Ah uh, no no no. Yeah, stuff. No, um, I, I thought it was funny. Obviously, at Stadium Australia or a core stadium or whatever it's called now, ANZ, it's gone. It's undergone a few name changes, but obviously the press conference room is very close to the home dressing room. Yeah. Todd Payton is doing his NRL press conference last scariest night. Scariest looking off.
1: man on the planet. Sorry. <laughs> a, that very man very is the scariest looking man, man on the planet.
0: Go on. He, yeah, he um, he actually looks like a Bond villain. He does. And he's doing his press conference and they've had a very tight loss and obviously a, a coach that's not all that happy. And halfway through giving an answer, the winning side the Canterbury Bulldogs are slapping out their team song and going absolutely nuts. And you're just going... And he did not blink an eye. He did not change his tone whatsoever. And he answered the question and appeared that he couldn't even hear it. It would just, it honestly felt like one of the biggest FUs I've ever seen. And it's, it's probably not even Canterbury's fault. They're celebrating their win. They wouldn't even know what's going on in the room next to him. But uh, I, I just thought it was very funny and incredibly well done to Todd Payton. Well, I don't think for, Todd Payton's
1: ever blinked in his life. So that could explain no, it.
0: He, a hundred percent. Um, if that man told me to run up Castle Hill in Townsville, I would a hundred percent be running up Castle Hill. He and I would yell. do a it sharpish too.
1: He would just look at you, just do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, yeah, fair enough. All right, well let's get right back to um the footy Thursday night. Collingwood come up here. Tell the Gabba. Look, quick deck. I I like I'm hoping for shootout. I'd love to see a shootout because at least it would show me that the lions are prepared. Because that like that is that is the theme of this season. Get the footy on and moving. Yeah. And then, we'll get one. and then we play you no know, future headlines. Do we, do we become, are we flat track bullies? Tough to say. But the difference here is it's two and two or one and three.
0: Hmm? Oh, well, well, we've lost to the dogs and we've lost to the power. And other results indicate both of those clubs aren't crash hot footy sides. No. Which is worrying. It is. Which is very worrying.
1: Impossible season to tip though. So I, I don't know who's oh. good at the moment.
0: Yeah, if you're, if you're doing well in your tipping competition... Get stuffed. Um, can, I, can I borrow whatever substance you're taking? Because it's obviously <laughs> doing the trick. Uh, yeah, logic has just gone out the window this season. Hmm. Well, I won't, if that's the case, I won't give you any of my tips now.
1: We'll wait till our Thursday edition of Northern Exposure when uh, the Lions team list is in and we look forward, further ahead to, hopefully, our Gold Coast Suns knocking off St Kilda because I've, I've, I've had a change of heart since halfway through the podcast. I'm sick of them.
0: Yep. Stuff the Saints. Yeah. Real Uh, banana peel game for the Saints. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah. Let's get that going. Real banana peel. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Good. It's back. Um, It's back, baby. I do want to say on the Saints, collar on a football jumper. Oh, my God. Chef's kiss. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Let's try I'll try and knock
1: out some designs of you know, how the Lions which, well remember the old I like, remember like the Lions jumper from about old AFL logo, Carlton United mm. Breweries. I remember my mate Cheech always always had one. It had the collar there. I know the Suns have never been in the collar era, but maybe we could design something. Yeah. And look, we can get a collar on them. We play footy in Queensland. We need collars.
0: I'd actually love to see the fun, the suns get funky with their kids. Okay. And if they're playing a night match, I want to see them have. An all-black jersey, kind of similar to what the the GWS have. For the you want you want, the sun, you want the suns
1: to be all dark.
0: I want the. This eclipse is in- jersey.
1: Oh, get the man into marketing right now. I didn't know. I didn't know where you are going with that. That was sensational. I was, I was going to go. I was actually going to push for like a high vis.
0: Ooh. Okay. Ooh, get a bit of reflective gear.
1: All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You can go. The great thing about Spotify now is where you can get this podcast or wherever you podcast. But specifically Spotify, because they're very good to us. Uh, they do allow polls and Q and As, Jack. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, we'll have a poll up right now. Uh, what sort of sun's kit do you want to see? Don't 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 be sensible of the design. I want to hear I'm ridiculous. Do
0: Let's
1: yeah. do it. Let's do it. We've got.
0: I've got a Canvas subscription, so watch me go. Wind me up. I use I'm work.
1: Like- I use Workscan for subscription, so we're all good. We're all good. Yeah, but we've got got nothing. We've got nothing. Damn right.
0: we're talking about jersey designs as well, I want to know from the Lions, and I'm I'm going to go and get a Please Explain from the Lions. Yep. Look at you, Taylor. While their VFL team on the weekend was wearing the Bears-inspired third kit against Footscray, Mm -hmm. but the senior team were wearing the away jersey based on Fitzroy. Same team. They're playing against the same team wearing the exact same colours. Why? And well, all honest, I want is I like the Bears inspired kit better.
1: I know you do. I know you do. And we actually have quite a poor record with that Fitzroy um, jerseys. We found out yeah. as Will did the numbers for us last year. We um, also yeah, I, look, I, I don't mind them. They're always look. They're always going to wear the um, the roy's colours down in Melbourne. I think that that's the edict. Same with um, Sydney wearing South Melbourne's. But I just I just want to see equal representation. I Just. I just want to see the gap closed. I want to see more Bears kit. As I said, I, I, every time we play at Carrara, I want to see the Bears kit. Whenever we have some sort of heritage, game, Jesus, there's a cat behind you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, your, cat, your cat just pounced over your shoulder. And I've completely lost my focus. God, yeah, it was good. He's out of here. He's, he's out of here. We should, we should wrap this up. We're It's our third leapfrog in a row. So one day we'll see the Bears kit back out there again. Or well, maybe...
0: 90s nah. nostalgia is in vogue.
1: It is. Yeah, you're right. And the AFL, you, know, you stocked up on the um Fremantle Heritage kit. Yeah. Just a Love throwback. It. Just a throwback. I know we, uh, retro round and that kind of died off, but if you just call it a throwback round, there's a marketing team. A marketing team has pitched this at some point. Yeah. Bring, uh, bring back, you know, uh, seven, no, 7 AFL or a few other pages. i will always do uh, posts and polls of, you know, what's your best footy club's best throwback, Guernsey, and then they'll vote on that and they'll roll it out. And I think we looked at some last year and you go, God, this was good. I don't know how they haven't done this. Actually, sorry. Another thought. Lions are releasing their um, 2003 Heritage Kit this weekend. I don't know if that was where you were going with this, but we've come to the end anyway. But... And I know it, it completes, what it does is it completes the set of all three. So if you have to buy them, you buy them in threes. And, you know, uh, the superimpose superimposed, the MCG on the back. It's got all the players' names embroidered in the number, which is all great. So 01, 02, 03. My qualm with this, Jack, is it looks nothing like the 03 kit. No, it doesn't. It looks nothing like it.
0: Not even close.
1: And I'm just, try harder to, like,
0: Lead more. It's uh, Lee Moore, it, a bit, a bit it's it, it.
1: just that's it. That's it. Mm. Like we yeah. so, the Saints nailed it. Oh, but they're sixty six. They absolutely nailed it. And like, and like it the, the and like the Rabbitohs did the the half rabbit for um Johnny Sattler the other night. Yep, nailed it. This is we, we are talking about the greatest thing to ever happen to football in Queensland and this club.
0: Yeah,
1: come on, guys. It's,
0: People are reason to buy I'm, it. I'm not
1: angry. because I, I would buy it. I, I think that's great because you know, they smashed Collingwood in that game. That game was a, like a non-event. Mm. O2, be, oh, O2, very underrated grand final, 2003, blowout. But Simon Black, one of the greatest individual performances of the modern
0: era. Also, happy hey. birthday to Simon Hey, happy birthday, Blackie. Hey. I know he listens to us.
1: Yeah, and I know he's I, also,
0: I know he's actually he's ageless it. as well. He is uh, one of the greatest human beings um, and possibly victim of the worst ever edit to come out of the Survivor reality TV show series.
1: Brutal. Justice for Blackie.
0: Got three words on camera in oh. a whole season of Survivor. Justice for Blackie. I'd love to see him go and have another go. Yeah, get him back. Let's start people.
1: All right, well, we'll be back on Thursday, just before the Easter Thursday clash with final teams, final predictions. and um, mm. Well, in the meantime, Jack, uh, you had a bit of a bike crash this morning.
0: I did. You yes. Did. I was, um, I, for people who don't know, listening to the podcast, I work in breakfast radio, which means I get up very early and pedal my deadly treadly into work. And I was riding across the Story Bridge this morning and then down into the valley like I usually do. And there's a big hill coming off the Story Bridge and going down into the valley and probably doing about 45, 50 Ks and, uh, don't know, lost the lost the front of the bike. I. I I believe that I hit something, but I'm not 100% sure and went over the handlebars and I've got a bit of gravel rash, but, um, you know, listeners will probably be displeased to know that I'm, I'm okay.
1: <laughs> oh. Celebration horn. We had another podcast. I was worried about recording the podcast, to be honest. That was my first thought going, oh, can we get the pod away today? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh... Mate, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure. I think this has been one of our finest podcasts.
1: I think, I think uh, we've hit a really good groove right now. I think um, if we look at our own sort of positioning, I think we're probably sitting at like uh, two and one, like three rounds in. I feel, like we're,
0: I feel like we're the sons of podcasts. Like we show glimpses, we show flashes, but we fail to put it together on a...
1: Maybe we just, maybe we don't have the history. We don't have the resources. It's tough to say, but we're getting there. And I promise you, if you can help us out by rating, liking, subscribing, anything we do, I've noticed I'm into phase two of our marketing campaign, Jack, which is just guerrilla trolling of every online page. Yep. Yep. And yep. I and I will we'll I will give not me the stop. Log in. I will. We'll yeah, give I will. I will. I will. And I will not stop. I will not stop. I'm more than happy to do it. I will catch you. Well, I'll probably catch you at 40 trains tonight, but I'll catch you in a podcast sense on Thursday. You're listening to northern exposure. You've just been exposed.
0: It's everything Queensland footy. Good ball football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is...
1: Northern Exposure.